from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And obviously on this show we've had over 1,000 guests here on the broadcast gracing the stage to tell their stories. And it's always great to bring in a new voice. It's always good to add, and it's amazing when people say there's no good people out there. There's so many, and so many of them have, I feel so blessed that they've been on the show, and they've been here with us. And, and one, of the, one of the voices that you haven't heard on the show before, which it's kind of ironic, you haven't heard this voice on the show, yet I've known this person for a while now, and I got to sit in my MU courtside sign line seat and, and talk about the games and, and the great work that her and her team were doing back at Marywood, and now we get to have her on the show. So for me, it's a reunion. For you, it's the first time. Katie Hajmahalis is here with us today, an alum of Marywood women's basketball and the current King's College women's basketball head coach. And to me, it's it's an honor and a privilege to have her on here because of everything we're going to talk about today and because of the fact that we get to reunite on the air when that's how I started off and got to meet her and so many of the great players that came through Marywood. So without further ado, Katie Hajmahalis and that name, when you can successfully say it, it makes you feel like a champion. So Katie, how are we doing today? <laughs> doing well, Dan. Absolutely. Uh, definitely feel like a champion. And like I said, uh, when you first called, it was a, uh, you can tell that you know me because you can say Hajmahalis perfectly. Yeah, and that's the th- I mean, how many, what, what have you heard I mean, I can only imagine, but what's what's the typical? Uh, Hads and Michaelis, I get a lot. Um, it's nice because that's when I know telemarketers are calling me. Cause <laughs> if they can't say it, it's like, all right, if you can say it, then I'll think about buying whatever you're trying to pitch. Uh, but a lot of Hads and Michaelis. The weirdest one was like a Hads and Matrali because there are no T's, my N's and an S. Uh, so, yeah, those are some, uh, some of the weird ones I've gotten. Yeah, my mom got Deborah Fontuna. There's no F's. <laughs> there's no ends there's no use i mean it's or people like i literally like when a telemarketer calls i'm like say it just say it tor tor uh i was like it's like we will rock you it's tor tor uh it's not hard it's it's the same three letters twice and then an a but yeah. you know you, you you can't i mean you know and, and after 16 years of saying it on the air you'd think okay people know but the reality of it all is like you're right if somebody calls you and I'll go one step beyond telemarketers. You know, let's say I dated somebody for a year. If she can't say the last name, I guess we broke up that day. I mean, <laughs> that's just how it is. You know, you, that's how you get in the door. You got to be able to say the name right. So, oh, absolutely. So, Katie, you know, to, to let's go back to Marywood. Let's go back to, you know, when you and I first met, when I was on the sidelines, you were on the court. What, do you, what are kind of the fondest memories for you of, of Marywood and, and your playing days in college? I think uh, the easiest one is the just the relationships you make when you're playing between like teammates and getting to meet people like you or getting to know your coaches. Um, I still have a bunch of friends that we were playing together at this point 15 years ago, and we're we're still friends now. Um, and I think on the court, 
my uh, when I first started, we weren't great in all three sports that I played. And then by the time we got to my senior year, all of them had made playoffs and we kind of turned things around. So just being able to be a part of that and kind of contribute on that was uh, was always a blast and being a part of opening up the new gym, like being able to be one of the first teams that plays in there and all that good stuff. Uh, just a lot of good memories with a lot of a lot of my teammates for sure. And I want to go back to, and you brought it up. You know, the old gym is is where I, is where I started MU courtside, and <laughs> and not only and this is for people, you know, especially the generation that's growing up right now that thinks that it just it's just easy and it just happens. You you like oh it's you know I'm just gonna sit on my couch and then like God's gonna give me money and then things are gonna work out. No, that's not how it works. So when I was broadcasting in the old gym. I mean, in the new gym, same thing, but in the old gym, I literally, because of the wiring, I had to, with my suit on, go under the bleachers, <laughs> kneel in the dust, put everything on, turn it all. I mean, there were days where the camera people yeah. didn't show up, so I'm setting up the cameras, turning on the cameras, plugging in the cameras, setting up us, making sure that works, going into the studio, checking with them, the audio's not working, going back to that. Like, people don't get it. Directing, producing, audio, you're doing all this stuff and so the old gym kind of like you know but to me it's like I wouldn't change it for the world when you got to go from the old gym to the new gym just what you could say about that because like you said there's only one team that gets to make that historical jump and you got to do that yeah and I mean the old gym was not bad like it it was good size but like you said it was definitely um an experience going from that gym into the new gym and the new gym was like, I just remember it being built and walking through being like, Oh wow, this is like a big gym. Like this is a legit gym. Like this is college basketball. And then, um, you finally get to start playing in there and you get to see and go to other schools gyms and you realize, Oh wow, like we actually do have it really nice. And they're starting to, to take care of all the athletic side of things. Um, cause like I said, when I first got there, like athletics were good and certain sports were really good, but, um, as a whole, it, it wasn't great. So being able to see them like invest that time and invest that energy and invest that money into the programs was just something I was always appreciative. And I know my teammates were, um, but being able to just play in that gym and be some of the first ones, I think I feel like there was, I don't remember if I was like one of the first ones to score a basket in the new gym, but I know I was the last one to score a basket in the old gym. I'm pretty sure. So that was just a cool little like personal, like, Oh, well, uh, no one else gets to do that. I can kind of jump in there and do that. So to be the last one to score the basket in the old gym, just for you, I mean, that's that's got to be something tremendous because obviously, you know, that was that was the end of it. That was the end of an era. So anybody that was to go in there after that, I mean, that last Hajj Mahala shot, I mean, that was you. I mean, that that's got to be that's got to be a great feeling to be able to kind of walk in there and step in that gym and say, you know, I got to shut the gym down, so to speak. Yeah, it was cool. It's all, it was always anytime you can do anything like that. I think it's just more of the personal of remembering where you're at, where you came from, how you started it. Because that was the end of my freshman year, and obviously anybody who's played any sports, like your freshman year, it's everything's a whirlwind, and you're just trying to keep up and not disappoint your teammates, your coaches, and just try to grind out through everything. So to be able to go in and do that, and play hard, and have like a decent year, um, it's anytime you can tag something little like that onto it extra it makes it special and for you speaking here with katie hajmahalis the head coach of king's college women's basketball and former marywood men's former marywood women's basketball athlete and three three sport athlete i want to go into that a little bit deeper because i knew you from basketball but what can you say about you know playing 
so many different sports and, and kind of what you took away from that because, I mean, you're helping student-athletes every single day to kind of juggle with playing basketball and going to school. You played basketball, went to school, and then still had other sports on the docket. Just what you can say about kind of your experience. I mean, the biggest takeaway is I think I was a little bit crazy because, like, from here on out, like, my, my lower half always joke, like, uh, it's at least 20 years older than the other parts of my body just from all the running and uh, banging that I did. But, um, yeah, I think the one thing that I've taken into my coaching and, like, recruiting now at Kings is I did play three sports. So when people are saying, oh, there's not time, I can't do that, it's the no, you don't want to make the time because it's doable. I I did it. I played three sports. I got very good grades. I could do all of that. It's a choice that you've got to make. So being able to kind of relay that to my athletes and then prospective athletes when they come in, I think that's the biggest thing I gained from it because you, you have to make that choice literally every single day. Everyone might be going out to go grab pizza or go hang out. And it's like, no, this is the one window I have to do my work. I'm going to do my work at this point. So I think it's definitely something that I'm a little bit crazy for, but I wouldn't have changed a single second of it because I, I don't know how many people can say that they've played three sports in college or say that they wanted to play three sports in college. Yeah, and then, and that's, you know, and like you said, you make the time. And I brought that up on the show before because I've been around people that, you know, whenever I hear somebody make the excuse, oh, I don't have time. You know, like, oh, I have kids, I don't have time. Oh, I, I have uh, multiple jobs, I don't have time. Oh, I play a sport, I don't have time. When I hear that, I always hear the, you make time. I mean, I own my own business. I wear 15 different hats. I don't have kids, but I got the dog and I got the business and I'm running around and doing all this crazy stuff that I put myself, like you said, you know, you put, you got to be a little bit crazy to, to play three sports and go to school and do all that. But you know, what can you say to that? When somebody says, I don't, I just don't have the time. I always find that to be a cop out. And I always find like the person, no matter who it is throughout the history, whether it's a kid or an adult or whatever, I always find that those are the people that don't really push themselves to take the next step, so to speak. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think when I hear that, it's the, okay, well, then that just means you're prioritizing something else. And is that something else that important to you where you don't want to make the time for it? Then great, figure out what you want to do, go do it. But don't, like you said, I think it's a big cop-out. And I don't like when that's the excuse or the same thing when I hear from a lot of athletes of like, oh, I just need to uh, focus on my studies more. So sports are taking away from that. And it's the no, you're not utilizing your time properly. Sports help you with your time management because you have certain windows to get things done. You just don't want to get things done in that window. So I absolutely agree that that's a that's a big cop out. And I don't buy it because, like you said, I think anybody who has initiative and anybody who wants to go after something, they're going to find a way to do that. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing is it's it's kind of like in like minded people kind of go toward each other, so to speak. And you kind of weed out the bad like you're a go getter. So I can imagine that in, in, in the world of Katie Hajmahalis, when when you're you know, when you have that moment to to go, you know, get a drink, get something to eat, take a walk or something like that. You want us to be surrounded by people that push you, by people that, you know, command the best out of you. To me, being around people that are kind of like, eh, you know, or they're not, they're stagnant, they don't really move. I feel like somebody like yourself has to have that, you know, the, you know, the, the non-excuse people, so to speak, that are not going to be your yes men and not going to tell you what you want to hear, but they're going to uplift you and they're going to kind of push you to be your best self or else what are you doing? 
Absolutely. And I think the biggest like drain on me from people around is just complaining. Like I don't, I don't understand complaining. It's the, okay, if you're complaining, you're just presenting a solution that or presenting a problem and not coming up with a solution. So like, yeah, I get everybody needs to vent and kind of let things go um, off of their chest, which there's absolutely a place for. But then if you just leave it at that, or you're just complaining just to complain, then what are you doing? Like go after and find some way to get around it. I, I, 100% 100% agree. I'm not a big an excuses guy. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to hear it. And then that's the thing. Speaking here with Katie Hajimahalis and, and talking about basketball, sports in general, but also about life. As you know, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is where sports proudly meets life every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time and outside of that. So, you know, Katie, for, for you to kind of tell the story about how you got back in or how you kind of just shifted right into coaching you know we've gone to a bunch of different places in this conversation we'll continue to but for you 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 went from playing three sports you were going to school you graduate from Marywood and then it's okay what am I going to do now bring me into that because you told me kind of off the air how things kind of happen and you know obviously uh uh, you know you you got into the good graces so to speak you know something something kind of you know fell your way in in a good way and you made the right connections it's important to not burn bridges and to establish meaningful connections in your life you had an opportunity because of you know the person that you are and kind of the reputation that you set and the connection you made so to share that story with everybody this morning Sure. Um, so again, being a three sport athlete, I did the same thing in high school and I spent a lot of times in the athletic training room and my high school athletic trainer was Andrew Donahue, uh, but her maiden name was Campbell. So we always called her soup. Um, and she got to be a really, um, just close relationship of mine and just somebody I trusted and spent a lot of time with. And we stayed in touch throughout my college years. And once I graduated from Marywood, uh, she gave me a call just to congratulate me on graduating and some awards and stuff that I got. And um, she asked me what I was looking to do. And my undergrad was in health and physical education because I always knew I wanted to be around just being active, sitting behind a desk, which just wasn't for me in like a corporate setup. So I wanted to be on a team. I wanted to still be involved in athletics somehow. And she asked and I said, hey, I'm looking for teaching jobs, but I'd rather um, try to get into coaching. I saw some internship positions that I think I'm going to apply for. And her husband, Brian Donahue, um, was actually a college women's basketball coach. Um, And so she, I guess, was in the car with him as she was talking to me. And she's like, oh, really? All right, hold on a second. And handed the phone over to Brian. And Brian was like, oh, so you want to get into coaching? I said, yeah, I really, I really think I do. And um, he said, well, we got an open spot. It's yours if you want it. Just come down to campus and uh, I'll show you around and we'll go from there. And that was literally in the summer right after I graduated. So I graduated in May and I think in June I was on campus with him torn around and we signed the paperwork, made it official and it was a quote unquote one year position. And then, um, I used to always joke either I was doing something really right or really wrong. Cause I was the assistant there for seven years here at Kings. And then Brian, um, took a promotion and he left and I was lucky enough to get hired as head coach. So, I just wrapped up year 10 at Kings, um, and I'm going to be going into my 11th year, and I still talk to Andrew and Brian. I was on the phone with Brian yesterday, and he, he did a lot for me, and and so did Soup, just getting me started and getting me to see, okay, what is this job, and how do we do it right? We saw a lot of success together. I mean, we went to the NCAA Sweet 16 in my third year, and 
we were better my fourth year and now to kind of be in charge and sitting in the uh the number one chair it's it's crazy to see how like you said treating people right and building relationships back when i was a junior and senior in high school has led me to where i'm at today it's kind of crazy to reflect on as we're talking about it yeah speaking here with katie hajmahalas and and looking at this like you said seven years as an assistant coach so you're at marywood you're playing you graduate you have you know all this stuff to be proud of and appreciate. You did it. You were able to play three sports. You were able to go to school, live your life. Then you become an assistant, like you said, over at Kings for seven years. And then you get the head coaching job on July 18th of 2016. And so to be a young woman, a young person in this profession, just what that means to you to be able to say that you went from school right into coaching and then you know bided your time. You got to work in recruiting and and film editing, game planning, scouting, kind of all the pieces of it. And then you get the head coaching job, you know, almost three years ago as we're heading toward July. Just what that does for you in your life and then, you know, in general, because as as you and I know, when you're a young person going after your dreams, you know, people say, pay your dues, pay your dues, pay your dues. You got to do this. You're not going to get this till you're 40. You're not going to get this till you're 50. You seem like the type of person, if somebody says you're not going to get it till you're 40, you'll get it at 21. And in my reaction, I, uh, I I talked to a guy at ESPN Club down in Florida, and he said, you're not supposed to get your own show till you're like 30, 31. I was 22. And I said, well, that's all well and good, but I don't care. So yeah. I, I want to go into that a little bit, you know, more with you that, you know, to, to be somebody who is young, doing what you love, that's got to be something special, and it's got to carry some weight because, you know, we're not supposed to be, so to speak. Yeah, definitely, and that's where... I think when I started out, and I think this is how it goes with a lot of people, is you start out and you're just like, I'm going to do everything I can to get after what I want to, and whatever's going to come out of it, like I wasn't thinking like, oh, I want to be a head coach, it was I want to do this job as good as I can, as best as I can, and then everything else just kind of fell into its place around it. Now, like you said, I I don't want to do anything else other than it, because I do love it so much, Um, but I think the the one thing that always stood out is when I was going through college and I didn't realize that coaching was something that like I could do. I didn't think I hadn't had a lot of female coaches and full-time coaches and been around it. And so I never thought that that was a possibility until it was right there in front of me. Um, But it's, you're going back and looking at the grinding through it and trying to get where you want to go and not putting a timestamp on stuff and being like, no, I'm going to get after it. There's so many other things that, kind of go into it and build that journey of it wasn't just but you said I had to grind for it I had to work for it I worked I think five jobs at one point when I was an assistant because it was part-time and housing wasn't included or anything like that so I worked third shift at a planet fitness cleaning cleaning bathrooms I coached high school field hockey I did camps I did private lessons I would pick up random game stuff on campus here at King's just to like run the clock or run whatever just to find a way to do what I wanted to do because everyone else is like, Oh, you're crazy. Like you're not making any money. Why aren't you leaving? There's a reason I'm not leaving. I want to go after this and the right opportunity hasn't popped up yet. Cause I wasn't really looking. I just figured it would, if I did things right, that they, it would get there. And I not shocked, but I'm shocked at the same time at how quickly that that happened. But I think that happens for people who work hard and go after it. So. Yeah. It's funny how people say, Oh, you got lucky. And it's like, well, if luck includes working hard, And like you said, working all these jobs, doing all this stuff in the background, having people think that you're nuts while you're doing. I mean, it's, you know, luck, I I, I guess the quote I would put behind it 
in the you know just kind of make one in the moment is you know luck happens when you work really really hard in the dark absolutely you know that's kind of where luck comes from but I, to go to go a little bit more into that for you, like you said, you wanted to do what you loved, so you were working third shift and you're doing this and you're picking up this and you're doing that. Like you did all this other stuff where people see, oh my God, look, you're a head coach. That's so great. That's so awesome for you. You had to do all this other stuff and find your way to make it work and kind of put it all together so that you could focus on that one thing. You were doing all these other things. Just just what you can say about that, like having that drive and that determination, because the unpretty stuff is the stuff you just mentioned, the stuff that people don't see and they don't know about. Like you're cleaning the bathrooms and you're picking up this game and you're doing this and you're doing that. That's not what you wanted to do, but it was helping you to get to where you wanted to go. Yeah, and it's not what I want to do. It was what I needed to do. It was what I had to do. And to be able to go like third shift, I think I would start at 945 at night and then I'd go till six in the morning and then my point guard would want to work out. So I would just come right to the gym and I would sleep in the locker room and she knew to wake me up whenever we had our workout at eight or nine or whatever it was. And we would go work out Then I'd go home, I'd sleep for two more hours and then I'd come right back into the office to do whatever I needed to at like 10. And then I would leave when it was in the fall overlapping with my high school field hockey coaching job. I would leave at two o'clock from the office and I'd go right to practice there. And then I would leave, go sleep on a couch somewhere and go right back to to working at night. So it's one of those things of when you take a second now that I have one job, it's like, oh, wow, like I was kind of doing a lot. You don't realize it in the moment because it's just all right. This is what I need to do to get where I want to go. And you don't realize how much you're doing until you take the second of, oh, wow, I, I now have this one job. I can sit here and devote my time to that and just that. And now there's like this weird thing called somewhat of a free time yeah. window. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. But that's the beauty of it. And I'm sure when you had a hundred things going on to kind of go back to what we were talking about before, if something else came up that you wanted to do or you wanted to work into your schedule, you did it. You figured it out. You know, it's like it, it, you you found a way because I, I find that with like with friends is like, how do you have time to do this and do this and do this and then still hang out? And it's like, well, because I care about you, bud. You know, you, you, you have to you got to have that time. I know, like you said, what do I do with my downtime? But you kind of create the moments that you want to create. And I think I think, you know, that's the importance of it all is as much as you're doing and kind of the road that you've been on. I'm sure that you have people in your life. Like you said, you just talked to coach yesterday you know, that you take those, you take that time and you don't even think about it. You don't even view it as free time, but you take that time to kind of be around the people that lift you up and help you to feel good about, you know, what you're doing and life in general, because we all, we all got to have that life is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I try to tell our team in the first meeting of every, every season, every new school year is you show up for the things that matter. And that's the best way to show your teammates that you care about them is that they get knocked down on the ground. You show up and you pick them up. But it's the same thing of they have something that's important to them. Like we had a, um, a player last year who was going to be our first player to ever go to Notre Dame because we have a 3-2 program here where you do engineering. And she was one of the only females in her class. And she was going to be the first one um, of the women's basketball team who was going to be going to Notre Dame. And she had her final presentation over on campus. And I went over to go watch she's like well why are you coming over here and she already had other teammates over there like that's you show up for the people that you care about whether you're tired or not you just you just show up i i have to go back to what you said speaking here with katie hajmahalis you said that you slept you would work third shift you would sleep in the locker room 
and then have one of your players wake you up when they wanted to work out. When you go back and you look at those moments, I mean, is, has this always been you? Have, has this always been Katie Hajimahalas? Has this always been your nature? Or, I mean, is this something that just kind of built in you over time? Because when people hear that, I feel, I feel like the majority of people are like, what do you mean you didn't go home? What do you mean you didn't sleep in a bed? Like, you slept in the... And everybody knows locker rooms have hard benches and nothing else. So, I mean, how... Bring me... Was that always you or did that become you as you went on? Just what's what's the story behind the fact that you could sleep in a locker room like you cared that much? Well, we're a little lucky. We had a little futon in our locker room. It was a crappy one from Walmart, but we had that in the locker room. So it wasn't quite a hard concrete floor or bench or something, but I think that's always been me because I don't know any different. I mean, even in high school, I remember running around and then going to watch the like the underclassmen, like the freshman and JV games, and I would just kind of either take a nap like on campus like in one of our teachers offices had a couch like I would take a nap there until it was game time I think it's something that I don't know any different and I think it's crazy like you said people are gonna listen and be like wow she's a whack job like what what is she doing but it's I, I think my problem is learning how to turn that off and be like nope it's time to go home now I think I'm at that point where I've got to kind of flip it because I just want to keep going I want to keep doing things I want to keep being able to to do everything that I feel like I should be doing. And I think it's now at the point where I need to turn that down a little bit now. Do you know what it's like to sleep or watch a TV show? Cause I'm learning, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's, I got rid of cable number one because it gouges you and, and it's, it's ridiculous. There's really no point in having cable, but, and I don't want to disrespect any of the cable companies out there, but the one in central New York is, is a whore for money, I guess I should say. So, so I, uh, I, I mean, I just kind of dedicated to like Netflix and HBO and, and the apps and whatnot. And, and I got my sports stuff. I can watch my ESPN stuff. So, I mean, I just kind of, that's what, it, but I, I said, it, I was like, I literally watch television at midnight when I'm in bed and I'm usually watching a movie like Wedding Crashers that I've seen a bunch of times that makes me laugh because I like to watch comedy before I go to bed and then I go to sleep. But it's like, what's the point? So I don't know that world. I'm sure that you don't either. Nope. So, so what is, what is the sleep life and what is the TV life? Cause when I tell people, like I've literally had conversations within the last couple of weeks with people in their thirties and I'm like, when do you go to bed? They're like, oh, I'm in bed by nine. I don't know anything about that. I was like, I'm in bed by two. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you get, I get up at, I get up at a little bit after eight. Let's say, let's say I'm trying to do better, but let's say like eight 30. I get up, you know, the show's at, the show's at nine. It doesn't take much to, to do what I got to do in the morning to get, you know, get going. But it, I get up at like eight, I do the last possible second, but I'm like eight 30 to 2 AM where I'm hearing, you know, Oh, well, I get up at six 30, but I go to bed at nine. I can't fathom going to bed at nine o'clock. Cause I feel like if I died today, I would have missed so much between nine mm-hmm. and whenever. So I, I feel like you get that world. Like you understand more of my world than the, you know, nine or 10 before the news starts, you're in bed. That's just weird to me. For sure. I'm same boat as you 100%. I think that's honestly why I started working third shift because I was wide awake at one or two in the morning. And I was like, I could be making money now instead of laying here, not sleeping. So I was like, I'll just 
go and see what I can do. But yeah, I, I haven't had cable for six, seven years. I'm on the same thing. I've got the Netflix, I've got like a fire stick and I've got like the ESPN apps and all that stuff that I kind of fire up. And I do watch like when I go home, I'll go throw on something um, like big game of Thrones right now. I just caught up to all that kind of stuff. I'll watch, I'll watch whatever I'm going to watch, but it's usually like you said, late at night. And then I, look up and it's like oh wow it's like three o'clock I should probably try to sleep and I try to sleep with the tv on so I can pass out because otherwise my brain starts going everywhere and it's like all right let me zone out like you said wedding crashers great choice I'm for it but then I would get stuck being like I really want to watch this so I try usually sports like I can throw on um my ESPN app and then I can uh fall asleep to sports center because it's something like I want to watch but then it's kind of calming because it's sports I don't know that's usually what I can throw on and fall asleep to and, and speaking here with Katie Hajmahalis, and, and and I gotta put like, it, I'm if you could just take and cut and paste, it's like yes, exactly. Like that's like I used to. I asked my parents to put a TV in my room when I was growing up because it was hard for me to fall asleep. And I'm not gonna lie, I was like 10 years old. I was afraid of the dark. Many people are. Many people still are afraid of the dark at like I don't know 30 whatever. So it's like I was afraid of the dark growing up as a kid. And so I was like, can I put a TV in my room? I used to just turn on Sports Center, and sports would calm me, and yeah. so I would fall. So I didn't have a nightlight. I had Sports Center, and then yeah. I would fall asleep, and then I just started to watch Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen and wake up with them, and then I started yeah. to really like them, and then I started to kind of say, oh, like Stuart Scott's himself. I could be myself and do this thing. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else. And then, so I mean, I also I say all the time, I never met Stuart Scott, but he's one of the best mentors that like I never had. And so, I mean, you grow up like that and now I'm the same way. I'll turn on Wedding Crashers and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I've seen this movie like a hundred times, but then there's that part where, you know, it's where they're sitting with each other and and he's having that kind. And I have the Vince Vaughn kind of stream of consciousness where, where she's like, I have the perfect girl for you. And he's like, I'm sorry if I'm not excited about dating because you're wondering the whole time, do I have food in my mouth? Is she talking enough? Am I not? Am I talking too much? Is she interested? But I'm not interested. But now I'm getting interested. But now she's not interested. So now I feel like I should be interested like that. I have to watch it every time. And, yep. you know, and then I have to watch that you lock it up, lock it up. Like I have to. <laughs> and so there's all these parts I find myself and then my Christopher Walken, I've been working on that impression. So I like to see him and, you know, that, wow, you know, I like to kind of have those moments. And then, you know, he's like a salad man. So I mean, I'm, I'm watching him and then I'm watching the impression, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. So I'm watching that. And then, you know, I'm watching you know, with all honesty, we've all dated crazy people. So, you know, you, you have that one moment where she's like, I'd find you. And you're like, oh, my God, been there, done that. So then yeah. you're watching that part. And then and then I'm responding the way he responded. When when you're dealing with a crazy person, you have to tell them what they want to hear in the moment, almost like it's a hostage situation. <laughs> so he's like, I want to find out what's in your heart. I want to find out more about you. And then uh, and I will say this. And this was kind of funny. I'm going to tell this for the first time ever in 16 years, Katie, on the show. And this is because of this moment. So you remember how Todd in the movie yep. makes Vince Vaughn a painting. Yep. And, and Todd called is... Celebration. Right. Called Celebration. Love it. We're hanging out, Katie. We're doing it right after this. We're going to get something to eat. So, yep. so, we're, ta- so we're talking and... Or, so I'm watching the movie and, and Todd makes the painting. And he, you know, obviously he's attracted to Vince Vaughn. When I was at Marywood, 
and I forget I forget the the guy's name and I forget what he looks like. I just remember and I think I still have it. But there was a guy who one of my like he was he was friends with one of my friends and I didn't know and and I'm you know and, and my thing is like, you know, okay, it's a compliment, whatever. I'm straight. He was gay. He was attracted to me. I had no idea. He made me a painting. <laughs> he drew me something and it was called the Rainbow of Change. And it was like this big open field and there was like rocks and there was a mountain. It was beautiful. And the funniest thing in the world was I put it on my wall. And I said, I was like, listen, I'm not attracted to the guy. I don't want to, I don't want to date the guy, but he made me this painting. So I'm going to put it on the wall. So when Vince goes, I'm keeping it. It was a gift. I was like, yes, you get it. Everybody's like, why would you put that on your wall? I'm like, because I said, I was like, I'm attracted to women. Do you think any woman has ever made me a painting? No. So I'm putting this on my wall to tell them that they got, you know, they got some work to do. So, right. so when he says, I'm taking it, it was a gift. I was just like, yes, absolutely. Vince Vaughn and I would think the same. So I still have the rainbow of change and I'm sure he still has celebration. So, that's awesome. so yeah, but I, I, but that's what I'm saying. I can't not, I can't turn on wedding crashers and not watch it. So, or like if I turn on a movie that I've seen and I fall asleep at a certain point, the next night I try to be awake at that point. Because I yeah. want to see the rest of the movie, uh, like the movie Tag, about all the, the grown-ups that play, they play Tag, and that's how they stay friends and they stay young. It's, it's a, I never thought I would like it. I didn't think, it like, I was like, this isn't going to be good. But then you get kind of hooked on it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Game of Thrones, though, I, I've watched one episode. Oh, you got to You got to Characters are great characters are great it's awesome i didn't think i'd like it i did not watch it up until like two months ago because all of some of my coaching friends at kings were like you need to catch up i need you to watch this because then we can have a viewing party and like hang out and eat some meats and cheeses and just kind of uh get have another reason for all of us to get together and like my mom and my younger brother had been bugging me to watch it and i was like ah, i don't know dragon zombies i'm not my thing but then I started watching it and I got hooked like everybody else in the apparently and I'm in it. I watched we had a bunch of the coaches together watching it on Sunday night and uh, there's two episodes left. So all the, the theories are flying and trying to figure out what's going on. But yeah, that's pretty much that's where we're at. And I'm same thing. I'll go watch a movie and if I fall asleep, I'll wake back up or even if I'm just watching. Um, I'm still like a, a little bit of like a WWE fan. So yes. I'll go back and like watch, watch yes. some episodes. And if I fall asleep at a certain match or I fast forward through a match, like I'll go back and be like, all right, this is where I fall asleep last time. I'll throw it back on. Cause it's the same idea of like sports. There's commentating, there's athleticism. I'll watch it and then I'll kind of doze off. And it's like, oh crap, I need to see how that ended before like next week. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I watched, re- like I'll stay away from it for so long. And then I watched WrestleMania and I watched it yep. until it ended. And and I just, just like seven hours. Right. And I just picked these random teams and you know, I was like, Okay, I want them to win. But the thing is, I met John Cena. John okay, I decided John Cena was my favorite in like two thousand and nine. And then I met John Cena and he was super nice and I took a picture with him and I got to talk with him and I was like, Okay, so now I know that he's a nice guy. It was nice to me, so now he's definitely my favorite, which means right. that Randy Orton's a, a you know what. So I mean I just kinda <laughs> So, so whenever Cena comes out, I like, I mean, I like Cena, but I start picking all these other people and I'm like, I like that team. And I like, and, and I forget in WrestleMania, the, the women that wore the, um, 
the cra- like the crazy pants. They were like technical. I can't even think of the name of the duo, but oh, it starts. I think it starts with a C. And my buddy said something to me, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? I gotta let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it. I'm gonna check it right now on on the on the phone because I know where is it here. I know he wrote it to me. So everybody, bear with me. This is live radio. It makes it fun. So he wrote. Uh, where is it? Because I know he said, "Oh, the Iconics." Yeah, I was total. That's totally sure. wrong. Yeah, I said C. The there's a C. Yeah, so like, so I, I like they came out, and everybody comes out, and there's you know the, the all the groups, and I go, I don't know, I like the Iconics. I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna go with the Iconics, and then when they won, I was like, hell yeah! So I was like, I should have put <laughs> some money on this, but then there's other people that won that I didn't want to win, and I didn't want Triple H to win because I like Drax. So, I mean, I just, it was, it was really hard for me, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's like you get into it and you kind of just, you know, but, but I have to digress back to the fact that when you watch Game of Thrones, you said, oh, come over and have some meat and cheeses. You obviously have, have friends that step their game up. So to all my friends that are listening to the show right now, I want food when I come I don't want the, oh, you didn't eat before you got here. So, you know, like you want meats and cheeses. Meats and cheeses. So how many episodes are there of Game of Thrones? Uh, 70, maybe. So can I realistically try to pull this off before the last episode airs? Depending how late, you're going to have to probably push past like 1 or 2 o'clock and, and go into the into the 3, 4 o'clock. But I powered through. I got it done in maybe two or three, two weeks maybe. So you will be around it. If not, just block all the uh, social media with any of the Game of Thrones yeah. tweets because I think the, my favorite Twitter other than some of the sports Twitter is Game of Thrones Twitter. It's it's hilarious. They got some solid memes. It always uh, it's on point the day after. So I if you can keep away spoilers, which has been much harder now, but I, I think it's worth a it's worth a run. Yeah, I mean because I I just feel like it's kind of like The Walking Dead. I never watched The Walking Dead. I don't like zombie stuff. It, nothing about it interested me. I was like, I don't like gore. I don't like zombie. I don't like the scary stuff. And then I watched one episode, which in God's infinite humor was the most disgusting episode <laughs> that my, my buddy was watching it. And he goes, I've watched five seasons. It's never been this bad. They were hitting them over the head with baseball bats, slitting their throats and bleeding them out. And that was how the show started. And I was yeah. like, holy Jesus. And now... I have to I'm a little bit behind, but now I have to watch it. And now that I've grown the goatee that kind of looks like Tony Stark, Iron Man esque, it also has an ode to Negan. So it's like, and, and, you know, so I do this and you can appreciate this, Katie, the way this conversation is going, I feel like you'd get this. So when I'm in Wegmans, I'll just go and I'll just do that in Wegmans. That's like Negan's I'm about to kill somebody in this moment. And I just do it. I'll push the cart and I'll do it. And people are like, you're insane. Why would you do that? I said, because everybody leaves me alone and lets me shop. <laughs> they let me do- right. if, they, if, there's, if there's the last mango and I'm like. They don't want to fight you for it. They don't want to fight me for it. They don't, know what I, they don't know if I have Lucille. They have no idea. So, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I never thought I'd get onto that show and I got onto it. And now I feel like that's my way with Game of Thrones where I want to, I'm like, what is everybody talking about? I just kind of want to know. The first, like the first episode or first few in the first season, it's it's a lot because there's a ton of characters. But I liked it. I don't. I would not have done well if I watched it from the beginning and had to wait week to week to watch all of this. Binging it was the way to go, so you could figure out who everybody was. 
Yeah. Because there's a ton of different characters, and there's a ton of different families, and all of them fighting for the throne and all everything. But I binged it, and the character development's fantastic. There's a lot of gore, um, a lot of murder with stuff, and it makes sense. Because again, I'm with you. I'm not a big zombie guy, but it makes sense within the story, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, like I can't. It's weird. I just kind of get into it now. Are you? Do you? Are you Marvel, DC? Do you watch any of those or no? Those ones, not as much. No, I haven't. I've got a, I've got a couple of colleagues here who would always be like, "Oh, we need to go," and I'm just like, "Eh, not not as much with the with the superhero movies." <sighs> you got to get in. It's it. very disappointing. I get that a lot. I just got one of my friends into it, and she's a DC fan, and I was like, and I was just talking about it. And then, of course, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rocking this goatee that I'm very, very proud of. And one of my friends said something to me on Facebook. He's like, you're treating your goatee like a person. Like, you know, can you <laughs> can you stop? I was like, why can't you just be happy for me and my goatee? I said, it, I, I trust them. They trust me. It's loyal to me. Leave me alone. So I but I, I, I have the goatee and I'm doing the thing and I'm talking and they just kind of like were like, OK, you know what? I'm going to jump into out of nowhere. I'm going to jump into it. And I said, all right. Let's do this. So they said, what's the order? So I gave them the order of the 22 movies that are out, and they've started. They, they watch Captain America. They're going through the thing, and I feel, I feel completely proud of that moment <laughs> that I got somebody into it, but it's just, I don't know. There's just something about, it's not like I don't cry in movies, but I cry in the Avengers movies. Like I will actually shed a tear in those movies, but I won't cry in a in a movie, and I don't know if that's the kid in me because I grew up with stuff, and now I'm an adult, and it and it and it's so realistic. They make it so real that you believe it. But I mean, because I'm sure people cry with Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and all that good stuff. But it, I I don't cry in movies yet. Like if Spider Man's in the movie and something happens, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man. So you know, I you got to give it a shot. You're gonna have to eventually try to give it a shot. I'm sure I'll, I'll cave at some point. You'll have to send me the the list of the order, and I'll I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, you go through it a little bit, but that's another benefit because you've waited so long. You can see them all right now without having to wait like two, three years for something to come out. And that's that's the smart thing. Like that's what you did for Game of Thrones. That's what I did for Walking Dead. Like I didn't have to wait like everybody else. Yeah, which that's, is a that's the way to go. I'm much more a binge watcher now that I don't have cable. I think that was my problem. Yeah, I mean, you got to get rid of cable, and then you just got to, you know, be up at three o'clock in the morning, like Katie and I, eating Cheerios, yeah. watching weird shows. I mean, that's just what you got to do. It's how life is. Wedding crashers at three a.m. That's what you got to yeah. do. So with that, cereal be- is the perfect snack. You hit that right on the head. Right. When is there a bad time for Lucky Charms? Never. Never. You know, but it's funny because Robin Williams, bless his heart, he said. He said in one of his comedy routines, if you're eating a bowl of Lucky Charms after 4 p.m., you're a drug addict. I've never done. And it's like, I'm not I'm not a drug addict. I've never been a drug addict. I just really like Lucky Charms. So just the cold milk and the lucky the marshmallows like I'm in. Right. Like, how does that how does it do you wrong? Like last night I had a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. I got in bed and I watched Wedding Crashers. That's the way to do it. I see nothing wrong with that scenario. Right. Is that like the best? That's like the best life ever. That's how it is. And I tell people all the time, they're like, yeah, but it's you and the dog. They're like, you know, is it isn't that, you know, when you go in and I was like, no, I said, there's no one to tell me I can't do it. (laughs) That's the beauty of it. I'm like, I look around the room. I'm like, oh, can I not have cereal in bed? Oh my! Like, cause you're like a kid again. You're like, oh, can I not, can I not do this? Can I not watch Wedding Crashers? No, it's fine. So it's a, 
it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to live life to the fullest. And it sounds like that's what we're doing. Cheerios and wedding crashers. So I'm Katie, listen, they say that crazy people, if they find another crazy person, you don't feel as crazy. So now I don't feel as crazy. That's good. Yes, right back at you. <laughs> so that coming from Katie Hajmahalis to wrap it all up. We went to a bunch of different places, but to kind of just be, you know, as I said, not just for uh, for women, but for people in general, a beacon of hope. What would be your kind of words of wisdom and your words of handling adversity for the people out there that are going through it, no matter what it is? I think the best thing that I can relay is you can't get anywhere without the tough times. Like you need the adversity because that's what's going to force you out of your comfort zone. It's going to force you to figure out, are you someone who's going to work third shift to make ends meet and to go after what you want? I think that the testing of that is going to help. You can't shy away from that because the more you're tested, the more you're going to figure out, yes, this is what I want and you're going to fight for it. Or if you get tested and you realize, no, this isn't what I want, you can find another way to go and find that thing that you are willing to fight for. But I think especially just being a young female and I, the, the movement that's going on in the, the world, let alone the sports world is it's so awesome to just watch and see. And I try to get my players to watch it all the time. Um, and I send them articles and I send stuff of, if you're not feeling like you're, you can go after this stuff, like you're crazy. Like you need to go after it. You need to just stand, stand tall with it and, and just try to go after and not shy away from that adversity. And I, and I think that that's a great thing, you know, is that you got to meet it head on people. And I, and I say it all the time, kind of going off of what you said is you hate, I said, I always complain when I get thrown in the fire, I always go, God, it burns. God, I don't like this. God, it's too much. God, I don't deserve this. And then all of a sudden the fire starts to kind of go in you. And instead of working against you and burning you, you kind of get control of the fire. Then you can kind of use it to your advantage. And so I tell people that all the time. You're going to scream when you get burned in the beginning, but then all of a sudden it's going to work for you. And now you're part of the fire. The fire is a part of you. And now you get to dictate what that fire is going to do if you're willing to go through it. So, I mean, that's just kind of how I see adversity is you complain about it at first, but then you kind of just love it. And if anybody knows anything about me, if you throw me into the fire pit, I always come out better. So it's really kind of a bad decision to make to put me in the fire. Yeah, yeah, and it goes along with one of, it's paraphrasing whatever the quote it is, but it's only in the darkest of nights can you see the stars. Right. Like you have to go, and it has to be pitch black sometimes in order to see whatever it is that you need to see to get out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. That's. I mean, I look at that one, too. It's just like you got to do what you got to do, and the best people in this world came from I mean I always go back to Walt like and I think about Walt Disney he was told 700 times 700 times an amusement park year-round will never work he bought swampland in Florida that nobody wanted and now he's the richest dead man ever I mean it's just like you look at that and you're like 700 like you think about when somebody's like oh my god you know, I wanted to ask this girl out. They said no. I asked this guy out. He said no. I tried to get this job. They said no. I tried to be on this team. They wouldn't let me on the team. I didn't make tryouts. 700 times hearing no, that's a that's like 10 lifetimes of no. And, I mean, it, to, to hear somebody continue after that is just, I mean, like, I believe in God. I know some people do, some people don't. But it's like, I look at what Jesus went through. Then I look at what these other people went through. I look at what my mom, for God's sakes, went through. And it's like, how can you, I mean, and I've talked to cancer survivors 
And it's 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 insane to hear somebody's story and then hear somebody else be like, I didn't get what I wanted today at Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> you know, what are you how are you supposed to respond to that when you know that people have real world problems? So, you know, I, I think the best response to adversity is to embrace it because God only gives it to his fiercest warriors, is how I kind of look at it. So it's fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And same thing, like you, you said about your mom, like my mom's got other health stuff that's gone on and it's just, I've always seen it and that's what you do. Like you don't complain. Like, like you said, if somebody's going to complain about not getting their Starbucks the right way, I'm going to roll my eyes at you because there's other things going on. It's not that important. Find and, another way. And whenever I bring up something like that, I always go to the Valley girl. I don't know why. I apologize to all the Valley women out there, but I, <laughs> I, I think it's because it's the voice that I heard that that's the one that you remember. It's like, they got my latte wrong and I don't, and I'm like, <laughs> it's the Kardashian voice. I can't, yeah. it's the, and, and if anybody watches Real Housewives of the Kardashians, please don't ever come into contact with me. <laughs> I'm sure Katie doesn't, I'm sure you don't watch it. Never, not once. Okay. Well, you're, you're a smarter, you're a smarter person than most. And sometimes you're, you get forced to watch stuff. So I have way too much useless information from years gone by that I need to let go of, of the Real Housewives of Orange County and New Jersey and oh my God. But I will watch Jersey Shore because they're not they're not real Italians and so I can laugh at it. Because I being an Italian, I know that they're not. I mean, they, we don't have any orange Oompa Loompas. It's just, it's no. just not. But, you know, shout out to Snooki because no matter how bad life is, can always look at Snooki. <laughs> So that being said, Katie Hajmahal is here with us this morning. Katie, I know we went to a bunch of different topics and places. I hope it was fun, and, I, and hopefully we can get you back here on the show and, and continue to hopefully make a positive movement and at the same time get people to stay up until 2 o'clock to watch the good shows on Netflix. Yeah, get your cereal, folks. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth it. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and I hope to have you back on soon. Appreciate it, Dan. It was awesome catching up with you, and, and I love that you're giving us a platform to try to get more people, and especially women like we talked about, out there and promoting all the good stuff we're doing. So much appreciated. Well, you know, I was raised by two of the best of them, so why not put some more out there? That's how I look at it. My grandmother and my mom, if they didn't raise me, who would have? So, you know, I got to give all the credit where the credit's due. So there's great women out there. They need to be on a platform and if wake up call can be that, I'm happy to have that. And, you know, it's always good too, when somebody can appreciate Cheerios and wedding crashers and quote wedding crashers, mind you. So to all the women out there that heard this morning, I respect you all, but I respect you more if you can do that. So, so thank you for everything. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care.